Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Go Help Yourself. This is a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I am Misty Stinnett, and that person that you can hear in that deafening silence is Lisa Linky. And we are here every Friday for the last two years every and Friday. change every single effing Friday to bring you <laughs> a book review of a wildly popular or maybe little known self-help book. And we just want to be of service and share with you the highs and the lows and all the goodies and all of the baddies so that you can know in a little under an hour if the book is worth your time. Because we're in a pandemic. Life is hard. Life was hard before the pandemic. And I feel like we all need a little assistance in wading through some of the bullshit. <laughs> also, this is an explicit podcast. We cuss. So sorry. It's the way we talk. And also, that's bullshit if you're not on board with it. So it is October yeah. 10th in the mm -hmm. self-help time continuum. The world may look very, mm -hmm. very different after this episode comes out. Let's hope it does. Yes. Let's hope it does. We hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving. We hope yeah. somehow that you were able oh. <laughs> to find some joy in it. And if you didn't, man, that's tough. That's okay. We are so here with you. So, <laughs> man, if you didn't, that is tough. That is, that uh, sucks for you. <laughs> Zoom turkey or zerky, as I'm calling it, wasn't tough. Thank, yes. Oh, I see what you did. There. Ladies and gentlemen and all genders. Hashtag zerky. Zerky. Lisa is not messing around this episode. Lisa, what are you bringing us? Oh, Misty. Oh, no. Misty, Misty, oh, no, Misty, I don't like Misty, this tone Misty, of voice. Misty, Misty. <laughs> Our longtime loyal listeners, LLLs, know that this year we have tackled some very challenging books, and I have really brought some hard reads, which good reads, hard reads. Yeah, we tried to meet the moment. Since, yes, we're time stamping. It's, as you know, October 10th. I We're in the last 25 days of the election cycle, and... I could not read what I was planning on reading because um, I don't have the brain space for it. Oh, no. So I turned to How to Get a Man Without Getting Played, 29 Dating Secrets to Catch Mr. Right, Set Your Standards, and Eliminate Time Wasters by Bruce Bryant. No, no, unsubscribe, delete. Now you may remember delete. Bruce Bryant no. from... Texts so good he can't ignore. Sassy which is not texting even a real secrets. Gra grammatically to, correct phrase. Yeah, and it's like sa sassy yeah. texting um, secrets to get the man you want and trick the one you're with or whatever. <laughs> whatever it was I came back to this motherfucker for an easy read, and you know what? It disappointed. It was not. Were easy. you wildly triggered? All it. I did when I read that book and presented I it to Lisa my phone. was screamed mm -hmm. my notes mm -hmm. into my phone. Like I was. Oh, yes, that that episode is great. We should recommend that more because it uh, builds and builds and ends with like three quarters of the way through. I give like a guttural scream that lasts literally for ten <laughs> seconds. But <sighs> we'll link, link to that episode notes. in show anyway, notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you. I don't feel like you're here for me right now while uh, you're presenting this book. Let's just get oh, through I'm it. I'm 100 here for oh you. Oh my god. So. 
The book was uh, released in 2017, and here are the book prices. It was $4.99 on Kindle, or free if you have Kindle Unlimited, like I do. So I didn't pay a penny for oh, this. Oh, thank God. Don't I'm buy this so book. Don't, everyone listening, don't buy it. it was, <laughs> do not buy it. it. Don't buy it already. Don't buy don't. it. Paperback, $10.99. No hardcover. It's not that kind of book. I don't know what you mean. where this phrase originated. <laughs> oh, is that where it originated? On Audible... <laughs> This is where this research is. On Audible, it's $6.95 or one credit. Don't use a credit. Narrated by Dan Culhane. And it's 132 pages. 132 pages. It's just like a stream of consciousness. It's like a morning pages dump from Julia Yeah, it really is. It truly is. Listen, I will say this is the one thing I had to say positively about Bruce Bryan's after the last episode. And I don't even know. If this is a positive thing, he is okay. prolific. Or should I say yes. they are prolific? Because they Lisa and I are prolific. convinced that Bruce Bryans is a lady ghostwriter writing under a pseudonym because there is nothing yeah. online about Bruce. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you get there. I digress. I digress. Can you tell us about the author? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna, if I have to sum up this book in one sentence, oh, yeah. it's... Why experience life on your own terms and have friends that can help you grow and learn when you can get 29, quote, secrets from a misogynistic shadow author? Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Here's about the author. After a thorough search, I could find, much like Misty, (laughs) nothing about the author that verified anything. Bruce Bryant does not exist. (laughs) There are word spellings in this book that lead me to believe they are English. Excuse um, me. But this is from the author's website, which will be linked in show notes. Bruce Bryans is a successful author, if you define success as prolific, <laughs> with a passion for research into the dating and mating rituals of men and women. He doesn't fashion himself as some all-knowing, quote, relationship guru, but instead prefers to provide insightful information based on the social and biological factors that bring men and women together for love and romance. Bruce has written numerous books on topics including masculinity, attraction, dating strategy, and gender dynamics within romantic relationships. And bullshit. Bruce's main aim is to provide easy-to-implement practical information that helps men and women improve their dating market value and mating desirability to the opposite sex. And plays into heteronormative (laughs) toxic stereotypes and makes you second-guess every move until you feel so bad about yourself, you just buy, buy, buy. When he isn't tucked away in some corner writing a literary (laughs) masterpiece, or so he thinks, Bruce spends most of his time engaged in manly hobbies, spending time with friends, or being a lovable nuisance to his wife and children. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, literary masterpiece, or so he thinks, and manly hobbies? I believe I read this exact same intro on that episode and was like, I am not, I do not abide. The dude no, does not for our listeners, the or so he thinks is in parentheses. And I just think there's like so many like tells that this person is clearly a woman. It's it's JK um, Rowling all over woman. again. It's Robert Galbraith <laughs> and JK Rowling. And Okay. <laughs> this book has four chapters and the 29 secrets are spread across. Okay. Them. There's an introduction. <laughs> And then a final thoughts, but chapter one, how to date a man to get his love and respect. Chapter two, power dating strategies for finding Mr. Right. 
Chapter 3, The Beliefs and Standards of High-Value Women. Chapter 4, How to Capture His Heart and Bring Out His Best Final, His Best, and then Final Thoughts. Sorry, (laughs) I didn't have a return on there. (laughs) So it really, so it read to me, How to Capture His Heart and Bring Out His Best Final Thoughts. Which honestly, (laughs) I would prefer more. I've never heard of this before. I'm I'm all ears. (laughs) I'm just going to sample one rule from each chapter and then like supplement with moments in the book that were interesting. Yeah, let's minimize or I the thought damage might garner Yeah, some interesting discussion, right? And I'm making a real effort here not to just boof this guy off the planet. Oh, okay. man, Lisa, thank you. And also, all I'm hearing inherent in all those rules is <laughs> you're not good enough and you don't know what you're doing. Well, this book was different. I, you'll, you'll understand what? why. Okay, I'm going to start with the introduction. And I find it very telling that the author puts a note in the introduction or in the front of the book, I think before you begin, that this publication is just for personal growth and is sold with the understanding that neither the author or the publisher, who I couldn't find out who the publisher is, I think it's self-published, is just presenting professional advice. It's not intended to be a diagnosis, prescription, recommendation, or cure for any kind of psychological, sexual, or medical problem. It's not a recommendation? That doesn't bode well. Oh, my God. Okay. Misty? Yeah? Are you ready for poise? Poise, 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 poise. Not at all. No. Poise makes a woman high quality. And he calls it self-possession by a woman, I guess self-esteem or self-worth. But, like, women with poise make men want these women to respect and approve of them. So like if a woman has poise and women of poise are rare, then men see them and they're like, I want that woman to want me and to respect me and approve of me. And that drives them wild. And I'm like, I can back this up because the last time I was at Trader Joe's, I was talking to a store clerk and I said, listen, I really need you to help me find like a Cheetos alternative because you don't sell Cheetos brand Cheetos, but like I want something that's like that. And he like wasn't respecting me and wasn't respecting me and I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized I had to stand up straighter. I changed my posture. I put out my pinky and I lowered my voice. And before I knew it, he was running around the store helping me. You're welcome. That's amazing. Well, I'm like, okay. But then he says that men also want to love and, quote, possess the woman who has poise. What? And I'm like, fuck you. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. Also, poise makes me think of poise pads, which are for women who have incontinence issues, like after you give birth, which is like most women. So whenever he says poise in the book, I just immediately pictured like the poise pads. Yeah. And now you will too. Okay. So this author also often talks about hyper-masculine men or masculine maturity as if it is just like a fact. What is masculine maturity? constructed. I don't know. Or like it's a part of high quality men. Okay. So I thought he was... Like at first, saying, first he was saying like men that get women of poise regard themselves higher than any man. And that's what drives them like wild with quote sustainable desire. But looking closer, it's that women with poise place higher import- importance on their quote dignity and well-being. Mm-hmm. So like dignity. He says women without poise simply don't respect themselves enough and ignore their standards when like a really fine looking guy wants them. You know, it's interesting because then you would think that a woman of poise 
would not let a book authored by an anonymous person (laughs) give them dating advice, right? And also, this just reminds me of Floridians. Like, (laughs) you're way cooler in Florida if you, like, own a pet bird. Do you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like... Or a pet alligator. Floridians with a parakeet are, like, better than other Floridians. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that resonates. You're 100% right. And Misty, this moment in the book is where I started thinking that this book was actually written by fucking Aunt Lydia from The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, no. Okay? <laughs> no. This quote right here. And also at the front of the book, and Misty covered this last time, he makes this thing like, no reproductions, no recordings, no nothing ever without explicit mm-hmm. permission from mm-hmm. the author. And so I'm trying to restate in his words, but some things like, you just can't. So I want you to picture this said by the brilliant Anne Dowd, who plays Lydia <laughs> in Hulu's okay. interpretation of The Handmaid's okay. Tale. Girls, a woman with poise maintains her mystery, sticks to her standards, and uses her feminine charms to invite men to either pursue her passionately or simply leave her alone. My whole body got tight. I mean, it's fucking Aunt Lydia, am I right? It's terrifying. So basically, through this whole book, he's going to give us the lowdown on how to maintain our poise when things aren't going our way in dating and cultivate long-term attraction. And it's easy to do when things are great, but, like, when a guy is disrespectful or disregards us, then it becomes hard to maintain poise. So, like, has this guy watched too much Bad Girls Club? Well, also, like, like, you don't need to get a guy, like, you shouldn't be trying to get a guy to respect you if he doesn't respect you right off the bat. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. Here's the problem, Missy, is that some shit in this book is actually like, like he says, you you have to be nice without compromising your standards. Otherwise, you'll be treated like a doormat. Yes, that is And the correct. way that we allow, yeah. yes, and the way that we allow and assess a man's behavior is what informs men of our worth as a long-term partner. And I'm like, God damn it. You say something good and then you fucking backhand me with the other one. Well, do you know what it reminds me of? I think it was in Aristotle's what? way. I forget what he called them, not logical fallacies, but he was talking about different oh, yeah. tactics mm-hmm. that like politicians use. And they will I they, say one true I thing, say, then I say a false yes, thing. And mm-hmm. but I say one true thing and I get your trust, and then I say one false thing to make you mm-hmm. believe what I'm saying, et cetera. So it's like, what the fuck? Well, I do want to say so that also. It reminded me when I was in Chicago as an, uh, working and living as an improviser, which means I was not making money. I had this friend named Matt Higby, and I was complaining and lamenting to him about the dearth of men that I found interesting to date mm-hmm. in the improv community. That's where I spent all my time. And he said, yeah, you're a person who's going to require effort. And I was like, so I'm a lot of work. He said, no, that's not at all what I said. What I said is that you will require effort. Some asshole who's going to you know, be flaky is not going to cut it for you. And I think guys see that in you. They know to not even try because they know they can't cut it, which is basically what this motherfucker is saying. And then I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So either Bruce Bryans has some valid points or my friend Matt Higby is like Bruce Bryans. I think Matt Higby Uh. might be Bruce Bryans. Also, do you remember in the episode that I reviewed text so good he can't ignore I was like, yes. I hated this book. It was absolute trash. I would never recommend it to anyone. And also, I'm wondering if my texts are playful enough. 
This is reminding me of how in Saturday Night Live, Vanessa Bear and Fred Armisen would always act like they would be like Vladimir Putin's friends. And they'd be like, we love him. We love him. But sometimes the way we are talking, <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing a perfect version of that. All right. Chapter one, how to date a man to get his love and respect. Rule number one. Make him lasagna. Thank you. Because apparently men are designed to treat a woman based on how they value her and not her own view of her worth. So like your own standards are important because you can get seduced. I don't know. I guess. And then like, if you don't enforce your own standards of not sleeping with a man, which is what I'm, what's implied, then you ruin your chances for like a long-time partnership. No. This is all according to Aunt Lydia. So take it for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, no, I disagree. So my main problem, aside from everything, is that like there are these little negs built into the author's writing to chip away at your self-esteem as he attempts yes. to build it Yes. And for and, anybody, can you define neg for us, for anybody who hasn't heard that yes. term before? So a neg is like, a compliment technique where you say something positive and then immediately negate it. So I'd be like, Misty, your writing is so good for a woman. Right. Yeah. And what you do in that situation is you throttle that person in the neck. <laughs> um, so here's an example of the neck that he builds in. He says, when a man finds you attractive enough to ask you out, Mm, that's a neg. You should assume this means he's interested in you and wants to win your approval just as much as you'd like to attain his. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. It implies that, I mean, what's built in there is that when a guy asks you out, it means that he finds you attractive and attractive enough and that you've met his stand. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just fucking Well, disgusting. yeah, as opposed to like, hey, when someone realizes that you're an interesting, awesome person and they want to get to know you better, there's a way to yeah. have that concept be presented in a much healthier way. Well, or just did it. It whittles women down to one quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yep. the other rules in this chapter are about continuing to date other men until you're exclusive, like keep doing your thing with hobbies and whatnot, offer to split the bill on the first date, lest you don't seem appreciative of the sacrifices men make to become romantically attracted into you, which is another fucking I'm sorry, night. wait, what? Don't loan- Say that one more time. Lest you yeah, be like, seen as ungrateful for the sacrifices men make to... Be romantically attracted Become romantically to you? attracted in you. Yeah. Okay. Men, like, get uh-huh. a haircut and put on a shirt. <laughs> Women yeah, like, well, spend yeah, hundreds of dollars of on makeup. Spend money on time. a date. Yeah. Like, yeah, and oh, men no, make more than we do traditionally, statistically. Yeah, no. So it's, None of that is, I, I can't, I, this, this is all in a vacuum, my, baby. And you just, you just helped me nail what I hate the most about Bruce Bryan's <gasps> writing. Yes. It is that he puts yes, 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 yes. all of the intrinsic value on the man and the man's opinion. And he will slip yes. in, he will slip in some stuff like you've got to have standards for yourself, whatever, but it is all in the service of so that you can get a man because he's the one that matters, his opinion matters, as opposed to like, I'm the one who matters. You know, the the I'm men should be falling all over themselves to get decisions. Yes, yes. So that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, don't loan him money. Don't follow him on social media right away. Let him make the move to follow you, lest you be basic. Don't loan him money. I disagree. I loan all my first dates money. (laughs) Thank you. He's like, don't accept last-minute dates. And also, I fucking hate it. He links in the Kindle version to a few Wikipedia entries for simple concepts like going Dutch, dangling a carrot, and joie de vivre. It's like, Come on, Aunt Lydia. If I can link to it, then I can choose to look it up right here on my Does fucking Kindle or ebook. Does he tell you to dangle a carrot? 
No, he's using it in the version that the man would dangle it. Got it. And and I have to say, none of this works every single time in a vacuum regardless. Last minute dates can often be really fun. Like if somebody you're interested in calls you and says, hey, I thought I'd be working late tonight, but I'm not. And it's my one free evening of the week. I suddenly have it free. I'd love to spend it with you. That's such a lovely thing. And it can show that you, you know, that you both, if you both value spontaneity, then great. He does make some, like, there are some exclusions that, you know, but. um, I'm sorry, did you just offend the most part? No. Is that what just happened? Yeah. No, no. This podcast is over. This was a fun ride. (laughs) Yes. No, like, here's the thing. There's just this constant whipsawing between encouraging women to, quote, work their seductive magic but then don't try too hard to please them. It's this flipping between like Victorian ideals of women yeah. that women must be pleasing to men in order to have value, but also be a woman of poise who has her own standards, which makes men crave oh, it's you the, and it's want the you. Madonna whore yes, dichotomy. 100%. And yes, this book is written through a male gaze, like you just mentioned, but fuck if it isn't so problematic, Aunt Lydia. Like, goddamn. Ugh. Okay, so obviously this book is problematically heteronormative, and he claims that men are hardwired to fall in love with a woman, but women must appeal to his chivalry. Like, this whole book is from an author who's imprinting his ideals of what women should be through his view and his through alone. And fuck, I am so glad he put a disclaimer at the start because I want to sue him. Oh, I think he's probably um, been sued. Otherwise, why would he have that disclaimer? <laughs> But then, like, Misty, some of the suggestions are really good. No. Like, don't take a date that requires a ridiculously long commute. Yeah. And when you're highly thought of, you won't be expected to acclimate to their lifestyle. Although that one was couched in fucking natural female behavior. Like, it's natural for women to want to make people feel comfortable. Uh. And... Like, just like when I'm like, these would have been good for me to hear in high school and college. He busts out with the myth that women are wired to create comfort and convenience with men. And I straight up barfed. And I was like, sir, here's an actual note I wrote to myself in the book. It's like rape culture tied up in this big sister, big brotherly advice that's supposed to make you feel empowered or valued. And oh my God, he has a daughter. Holy shit. He has a daughter. Yeah. They have a daughter. I will tell her all of these things. Listen, also. They have a daughter. Also, it's like, for anyone listening, if anything in the back of your mind is going, but aren't women mostly concerned about other people's comfort, et cetera? We just want to remind you that that is something that's conditioned. That's not a natural biological thing. That is nurture versus nature. It's just the way we're taught to behave when we're young. There you go. Okay, chapter two, power dating strategies for finding Mr. Right. Rule number 10, if you wish to sustain a man's interest for the long term, then you have to straddle this line of like indicating your desire to be close with also indicating that you're perfectly happy with your life as it is because barf, 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 like all a man wants to do is claim a woman. Oh my God, Misty, he wants us to believe that men want to believe that this woman they idealized could have had other men, but she chose him above all others because he was the best. It's like. And he's like, it seems like it's a paradox, but it's actually quite simple to do. And I was like, that's my least fucking favorite word in a book. Look, I can't tell see you right now. I can't see you right now. But because, you know I'm irate. Yeah, you because we I'm turned irate. our videos on the Zoom off, but I could hear you take your glasses off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could hear you take them off and like rub the middle of your nose. And also, I just have to say, like, this goes against everything 
that is in the book attached, which is actual mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. dating research Science research based. scientists. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you're secure, you have no problem going like, hey, I really like you. I'm having a great time with you. I'd love to mm-hmm. see you more or be exclusive. Like, what do you think? Because if you're securely attached, yeah. even if they're like, I'm good, you're like, okay, no problem. I know there's a bunch of great people out there. Like, nice to meet you. Yeah. So this motherfucker has the balls to say, here's how simple it is to walk this fine line, this paradox. First bring Just him over lasagna. To tell him, and then don't <laughs> eat any. ways to tell him you have poise because you're good by yourself. You might be dating other men and that you're thinking about him and wishing he were enjoying life with you versus the other round, that you were there with him. Of course, when he suggests these in a text, he includes a fucking wink smile all, all in those Oh, texts. the crazy Whoa. winky emoji face? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Here's the thing, is he's right. I wish you were here with me is totally different than I wish you were. I was there with you. Yes. It's a totally different message. And so that's why I'm like, fuck you, Bruce Bryant. Yeah, but just because there's when a you nugget say, of it that's true doesn't mean the whole philosophy you're right, works. You're right. He says, when you say, I wish you were here with me, it makes the man anxious and eager, which are both good. He's imagining all the things you're doing and all the men that could be around you, and it makes him want to be with you. Or he just goes, <sighs> fucking. well, that's nice. What a nice thought. I like spending right? time with her. Right? Back to my blog or, or whatever. Like, oh, shit. The game's on again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, in this chapter. stereotypes coming. <laughs> let's keep it. Other rules in this chapter are about keeping your social calendar full. Like, don't cancel plans hoping he'll call, which is right. Being open-minded if you're asked out by text, but not letting an entire relationship happen over text. Great advice. Okay. Feel free to receive without feeling like you need to reciprocate. I like that. Wonderful. That's hard. That's hard for me. Be honest about your dating goals. Wonderful. And beware of the sunk cost fallacy, meaning if you've been in a relationship with someone for two months and it's not panning out, get out. Fucking wonderful. That's great. Fuck me. But (laughs) then, but then he ruins it all. What what is it? Yes. He encourages you to quash your lust so that you don't ignore his character flaws. You'll look desperate. And he uses an example of a woman buying shoes to enumerate. And also, it's like, women can have sexual autonomy. And this book does not condone or even allow for that. Wait, to quash your lust? Listen, I'm using very interesting words because I do not want to be sued by, quote, unquote, (laughs) Bruce Bryant. What does it mean to quash your lust? Meaning, don't let your desire for him overshadow the fact that he's like constantly late oh yeah mm-hmm. not ref- listen just keep right. a pro and con list. mistreating yeah him. sure wow right yeah and he also has the audacity to bring in brain science and a new term i learned which is called neurosexism oh which is where you you say that men and women have different brains like and therefore are in you know better or worse than the other and he says that men men's brains are wired to and here i am going to quote ascertain and appraise a woman's value as a romantic partner. Legitimately, I searched for any research on this, and I could only find studies that show men's brains are more connected within hemispheres, and women's brains are more connected between hemispheres. Oh, my God. So there's no proof. And and somehow they would know the thought that's going across. They can assess a woman's value. And as a romantic partner. No. Like... He's really kind of pulling it there. That's like saying a man is 
Now he might be stretching by saying that men assess what they think they the men think about what women would be like in bed, but that's a very different, you know, like uh, Well, our lizard brains are all going. This- Let's keep the species going. Would I mate with this person? Would I not? Would they help me take care of young? Would they not? Like that but that he is also uses romantic partner as like a long-term romantic partner. That's what partner, I'm saying. Which is more than just yeah. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like it's and not I, like don't don't so bastardize research and just straight up make up stuff. Yes. Fuck you, Bruce Bryans. It hasn't been said I mean, often enough lately. Exactly. Chapter three: <laughs> The beliefs and standards of high value women. Misty, this chapter sucks. Sorry, say the title again. I it missed it. Sucks. I was laughing too hard. Mm-hmm. The beliefs and standards of high value women. This chapter sucks because there are some really cool things for dating that women should know, but it's in this huge field of shit with like one or two flowers to pick. But to get those flowers, it requires you to wade through this field of shit. Lisa, hand us the flowers. Give us this gift. This is what this podcast is for. Give us the flowers and let's get the fuck out of this wheat field. Be firm but gracious when communicating your limits with men. So, like, you can have whatever sexual limits you want. Thank you, Bruce Bryans. And he gives a step-by-step communication method. It's basically a yes and. Like, here's how I feel, here's my boundary, and here's why the boundary is important to me. I'm not willing to make you a fourth lasagna. Thank you for eating the first three. But a simple no should be enough. And this is the problem with rape culture and fucking Aunt Lydia here doesn't get that she's perpetuating it by, quote, teaching women to protect the male ego when saying no. Legitimately, in the book, it says that his disappointment is from not getting his way, not from being rejected. And that's perpetuating that's rape culture. That's absolutely perpetuating rape culture. Oh, my God. And for people who feel like, well, why is that perpetuating rape culture? It's because we're taking care because we were not given autonomy to say no and have that be respected. We have to phrase it in a way that protects the man the, from getting mad from feeling yeah. Re- yeah. and then putting us in danger. So, and if anybody wants to know more, we had author Gemma Hartley on mm-hmm. an episode last year. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book called women aren't nags. We're just fed up. And she has a beautiful mm-hmm. chapter that we talk about in that episode, which I'll put in show notes all about, perpetuating rape culture and it like blew our minds. I mean, absolutely blew our minds. So it's, it's worth a listen. Yeah. And like other rules start off so amazing. And then here comes the neg. For example, Aunt Lydia says, do not tolerate flaky behavior from men. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's great. And when you feel disrespected by a man or feel he's not interested in you, don't blame yourself or that you're not enough. But that goes against everything the book has said so far. Hold on. She's like, don't go off on him. It's not about you. And I'm like, that's fucking great. And then fucking Aunt Lydia says, you know, for most women, if they don't feel pretty enough or have the charm or get attention often enough, like high value women do, this is really hard to act with poise when the moment arises and you feel disrespected. So basically fake it till you make it. And then this fucking bastard has the audacity to bring in brain science and talk about cognitive dissonance. I mean, like, you don't feel like a high-value woman? Well, act like a high-value woman. And then your brain will be like, ah, I don't like this dissonance. So you will just start to act like a high-value woman to make that dissonance go away. And I'm like, you fucking bitch. And you know what? You're never going to feel high-value if you are constantly changing who you are or how you think you should be perceived for anyone else. You're only going to feel high value when you are sitting in your own authenticity and going, this is me, take it or leave it. You know? Do you see this fucking like 
this whipsaw yes. feeling. Because right, right after that, right after that, Aunt Lydia says, you are enough. Don't worry about not being enough. And I'm like, aw, yeah. Aunt Lydia. And then this bitch goes on literally the next sentence to say, quote, the more important thing is to ensure that you maintain your standards, confidently express your needs, and communicate your boundaries as you flirt, tease, and charm your way into a man's heart. Oh, my <gasps> God. Now, listen, as a woman of poise, I find it real hard not to call Aunt Lydia a real in this yeah, moment. Yeah, 100%. Okay. <laughs> Chapter four. Oops. How to capture his heart. And bring out his best. And cook it into a lasagna. This chapter is all about... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Saute it right up. (laughs) This chapter is all about chivalry. And we remember Liz Plank and For the Love of Men talked about how she no longer assumes chivalry or wants it. Yeah, because she says it infantilizes women. Like, it implies that they can't hold their own doors open and... And it sets the standard, like, that men need to behave a certain way in every moment. And it's, like, bullshit. Yeah. And it creates this power imbalance. And this author really affirmed that for me. (laughs) Aunt Lydia claims that a man will value what he worked to get, which makes women property and continues that bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's just more Aunt Lydia bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's another thing. He was talking about, like, if you have a potential deep-rooted fear of, like, not being enough or being abandoned, it might cause you to tolerate inappropriate behavior from men. Aunt Lydia linked to this old... She said, just stop it. And linked to this old Bob Newhart sketch where he goes to the therapist and the therapist goes, yeah, just stop it. Just stop doing that. Mm. Which tells me two things. One, Aunt Lydia is old. And two, Aunt Lydia had a terrible therapist. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. A lot of this, honestly, a lot of this feels like it's like rooted in like toxic 80s dating culture. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. like early nineties? Like this is not yeah. this is not the landscape of the modern day. And also, you know Aunt Lydia is out of touch when you read the texts that she suggests in text so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aunt Lydia takes off her gray military style coat, <laughs> pours a tiny cup of sherry, <laughs> undoes her braids, sits no. down in front of the fire, and in the in the country of Gilead just thinks about how to make the world a better place and get women who have poise. Okay, the rest (laughs) of this chapter is truly about sexual standards. It's driving in this message that women must be precious and protected. Aunt Lydia literally wants you to internalize, quote, I am precious to men. Write it on a fucking post-it note. Say it out loud. Seriously, like, secret that shit until you believe it. How about my body... Knows best, and I'm going to do whatever feels best for my body. And if that is physically connecting with another human being that I've known a short while or a long while, and that feels safe to me, I'm going to do it and not think twice. And also that changes moment to moment because it's my fucking prerogative. So eat shit and die, Thank you. Eat shit and die, Aunt Lydia. Without a thimble of sherry on your head. Mr. Right. And lighting it a fire. <laughs> Set your standards and eliminate time whisters by Bruce Bryans. So little woo-woo, little mixed in there. Little woo-woo, little all practical. I don't know. There's some woo-woo shit listed in there. Wanting you to just repeat, I am precious to men. Listen, Lisa, I want to mm-hmm. commend you. You didn't Thank scream. You. you didn't cry. <laughs> and honestly, I am so shocked that your experience... It seems to be that it was a f- feeling let down 
Because you'd be like, this is a good advice. And then, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, this is good advice. Oh, no. This author let me down. But Misty, do you see, like, I didn't expect it to be good, but there were things that I wish someone would have said to me, or I wish that my friends and I would have, you know, upheld in college and post-college. Sure. And you you probably could have gotten that from other sources other than this. I really could have. Lisa, let me ask you this. Without being Yes. Let me ask you this, because as I mentioned earlier in this episode, I was like, I fucking hate this author. I hate this book. This is Mm -hmm. so toxic. And... It has me doubting my own texting style, right? Yeah. Do you find yourself with any of those thoughts left over where you're like, I know that this is a toxic thought, but it's in my head now that I've read this book? No, because I am not currently dating. (laughs) Oh, true. Okay. All right. Okay. You know, so I'm not in this place of like, oh no, what did I do about that relationship? But there's a piece of me that's just like, I think what I'm questioning more is like, not the industry in total, but like, who the fuck is Aunt Lydia? Yeah. Oh, we have to find out. Like, Listen, calling all LLLs. I to do a deep dive of like, how do you find an author? Like, <gasps> does somebody have a publishing friend who can do a little behind the scenes? Listen. But I think he's self-published. Listen, if any longtime loyal listeners are private detectives or know someone who's a private detective, or as we said in one episode, longtime lawyer listeners, please get at us, DM us, send us an email, whatever you want. We want to know. We need to know. Okay, Missy, I know that you congratulated me for not yelling, but I literally have to go get my pulsometer because, hold on, my, hold on. Lisa has walked away <laughs> from, the, I am, from the microphone. I am sweating. My heart is racing. No. And I'm dying to know what my fucking heart rate is right but now. But you sound so calm. So you're doing what Bruce recommends. You're staying poised on the outside. 101. I am livid right now. <laughs> my pulse ox is fine for anybody who's worried. I got it when I thought I had COVID, but I'm fine. Yeah, my pulse right now is 101. Okay. Because let's, I am... Let's get you out of this episode as quickly as possible. Did this book need to be written? No, but also like, could somebody write their secrets that are probably just like around 15? I think they're already, you know, they don't need to. It's in Cosmo. It's in like. Is that, and also we just don't cover a lot of like, here's how to actively go out and date self-help books. Cause we're more interested often in like psychology or like broader life philosophies. I'm sure this is in many books. And if any of you listening, or please, we cover, dear like, God, all let about us know love which ones. Or, yeah. yeah, we yeah. cover that or like for the love of them. I just, yeah. we just, I just. Yeah. Oh, I may have to take a Xanax. Oh, <sighs> honey. Oh, my love. Okay, we're almost done. But again, I'm going to yes and you and say, no, this book did not need to be written. And there are other sources with this information in it. Something tells me this is not Bruce Bryan's original thinking here. Here's what I want. I want us to just stop patriarchy and misogyny Mm -hmm. overall. Everyone will be better with that. And when women can stop viewing themselves through the eyes of men and their worth through the eyes of men, especially romantically. Androcentrism. I think it's better. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, we grew up watching Disney movies that were about attaining a relationship. And so we've commented on a lot of these books are about money 
and a body and a relationship. And I just think that the more this perpetrates, it's just shitty. Perpetuates? Yeah. That's right. It also feels like it was perpetrated on me. (laughs) It does. It 100% does. Okay. Did you try to put anything into practice from this book and how did it affect you? I tried to just finish the book and it affected me severely as you can It really did. I didn't try to put anything into practice. I think over my life and growing, I've learned to stop tolerating flaky behavior from all people. Yeah. You know, and setting boundaries and, you know, having my own standards. I I think that I've done that in my life. Okay. My pulse is coming down. Yeah. And you did that all without Aunt Lydia's help. We've already covered if the author missed anything. So who would you buy this book for? And who would you never buy it for? I mean, I would buy it for potential therapists who want to have clients who are going to be inundated with this kind of shit so that they understand like what is inundating their clients, but also their people. So they get it. (laughs) If I were a parent of a teenage girl and I had the wherewithal to go through this book with them and talk to them and have, and have a conversation with them about what sounds like a good thing to what sounds like good advice and what sounds like advice that's trying to control you as a Oh, as like an exercise in critical thinking. Yeah. Um, And like, what do you want to take from this? And what do you think is, what do you think is sound advice? And what do you think is advice about controlling women? But I think that most parents would just really like a lot of these to keep, to quote unquote, keep their girls safe. You know what I mean? But some of it was really great. It was like a man should never suggest a date in a place that's far from your home or an area that you don't know. And I was like, for a first date, especially, I was like, fuck yeah, that's fucking great advice. And it's a great tell to be like, no, I don't want to go on a date with you. Yeah, You know, when I was dating, right when I got on a dating app here in LA, I live in Hollywood and there's a guy in Long Beach. And I want to tell you that that is an easy 90 minute commute when there's traffic, 60 minutes when there's none. And he was like, why don't you meet me at the Barnes and Noble in Long Beach? And I was like, sir, I'm in Hollywood. And he was like, well, I only take the bus. And I was like, well, I would be willing to meet you in downtown because it's going to take me 25 minutes to get downtown and it's going to take you about 45. And he was like, I can't go 45 minutes. And I was like, motherfucker, you want me to go 90? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, bye-bye. You know what I mean? Like it was a really nice way to And then you guys got married. Yeah, it was great. He's my my husband. husband. He's 100% my husband. (laughs) But yeah, so some of this stuff is, that's why it's so hard. You can hear my frustration because it's like some of it is, but you shouldn't have to tolerate the misogynistic bullshit to get good advice. Well, and again, it just puts so much work on the reader to parse out what's problematic, what is useful, what's toxic, what's potentially helpful. Like it's it's irresponsible and a little sloppy. Lisa, do you have any homework for me? Not in a million years. No way. Well, thank God, because if you had said I had homework, I would have stayed poised and stayed firm and put up a boundary and said, absolutely fucking not, Lisa. Enjoy your life. You're a woman of poise. (laughs) Okay, let's let everybody off the hook. Please let us know what you thought of this episode. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com or we are at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram. Or don't, and never think about this book again. 
God, don't ever, don't ever think about him again, unless you want to discover who he is. And then I'm okay with that. Oh yeah. Let us know. We will be waiting here with bated breath. And with that, everybody, may your sleuthing and critical thinking be abundant. Goodbye. Goodbye, Aunt Lydia. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Saff. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at ghypodcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.